Genesis chapter number 6 tonight. Genesis chapter number 6. It's a joy to be here. A lot of things I want to say, but I feel like the Lord wants me to just... We got hooked up on that love of God thing. And while I was sitting there and these men were testifying and the choir was singing, this song jumped into my heart. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star, and thank God it reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. When hoary times shall pass away and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure, all measureless and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints and the angels' song. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every, scri- every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints, and the angels' song. I'm glad he loves me. Genesis chapter number 6 tonight, very familiar passage of Scripture in your Bible. I was coming down 81 today, trying to get my heart and mind wrapped around the service and what the Lord would have us to do. And the Lord stuck this in my heart and... uh, Got to church tonight, and you always, I don't know, maybe you don't as a preacher, but I've got two or three backups in my Bible, just in case one don't hit when I get here. And uh, But the Lord, I mean, with the whole service, I, I sure appreciate the Lord helping us out from time to time and just confirming things. i tell you what I'd like to do tonight. I sure would like to make much of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you'll help me tonight, I want to magnify Him. And uh, He's on every page of your Bible. I don't care. You say, well, I don't know. His name's not no, but He's there somewhere. He may be there in a type. He may be there in a figure, but He is there. From Genesis to Revelation, this Bible is unfolding one person, and that's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Genesis, He's our Creator. Uh, But in Revelation, he is our coming king. I'm telling you, friend, thank God Jesus is why you and I are here tonight. And if you ever get over that lovely name and you ever get over that singing, listen, I can still remember the first time I heard Amazing Grace after I got saved. I can still remember uh, the first time I heard victory in Jesus and what it meant to my heart knowing that I had uh, experienced the grace of God and now that I had victory in Him. I'm telling you, friend, we ought not ever get over what Christ has done in our life. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. 
And Noah begat three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in it a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and every living thing that is in, uh, that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou uh, and that and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Look down in verse number 22. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. I want to look at this passage tonight, and I want to look at the ark as a type of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'll say some things about that, but... I want to preach on this thought this evening, the ability of the ark. The ability of the ark. Now, I would say a couple of things to you concerning types in your Bible. Number one, you need to know that every type breaks down. A type in your Bible can only, a type or a figure can only be a type or a figure. It can never be the real thing. And there is only one real thing, and I mentioned to you just a few minutes ago that the Bible is unfolding the Lord Jesus Christ to you and me. And in that unfolding, there are many types and pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight, I want to use the ark as one of those types or pictures of Him. I would say secondly to you about types that sometimes a subject can have a double meaning as a type. For instance, water in your Bible can be a type of the Word of God and it can also be a type of the Holy Spirit. You can find it's also in this text is a type of judgment. And what I, would, what I mean by that is this. Moving water in the Bible is always a type of the Holy Spirit. Still water in the, type, in the Bible is always a type of the Word of God. But in Psalm chapter number 1, I personally believe that you can use that, that water there where the Bible said that a tree, He is like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That could be the Holy Spirit or the Word of God, either one. Because if you're not planted by the Holy Spirit in the Word, of God, you are not going to bring forth any fruit in your life. I mentioned also that water is also a type of judgment, which it is in this text here tonight. I would say to you concerning the ark here this evening that it is, we understand, a type pointing to the remnant of Israel being kept safe through the tribulation period and the judgment that is coming upon this earth. But I would also say that it is also a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and him being a refuge from judgment to all who enter into him. And friend, when it comes to the end, if you are not found in Christ, you are in deep trouble when it comes to eternity. But not only am I glad that he is in me, I'm glad that I am found in him tonight. Now we look at our text and I would ask you, I would say this to you tonight, there's a, the Bible said that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And in finding that grace, God tells Noah to build an ark. And Noah sets in to constructing this ark or this boat, so to speak, to dwell upon as the judgment of God falls upon the earth. And so there's a question here that I believe needs an answer. What has, what has brought on the need for such a refuge as the ark? What has happened that such a, a undertaking has to be done for mankind to be saved? I would say number one in the text we see man's attitude towards God. The Bible said that the earth was corrupt. And if you study the word corrupt, this word is used frequently throughout the scriptures concerning those who have become idolaters. Man has corrupted himself in the worship of idol gods. And that is where the world has found itself in Noah's day. Man was worshiping everything and had taken upon every god he can think of but the true and living God. And so we see man's attitude toward God. He wanted to have nothing to do with God. He didn't want to think about God. He didn't want to worship God. He didn't want to serve God. He had a foul spirit in his being toward God. It sounds like today you and I are living in today. We push God out of our government. We push God out of school. Matter of fact, there's a lot of places push God out of church. But I'm telling you, we have seen this same attitude creep back in upon us today. Secondly, I see not only man's attitude toward God, but I see man's treatment of his fellow man. The Bible also said that the earth was filled with violence. Man against man. Every time you turned around, somebody, a brother was killing his brother, a friend against friend. It seemed as everywhere you go that the, that you couldn't get away from violence. Again, it sounds like our day. Everywhere you turn, every time you open the paper, look on the internet, watch the evening news, uh, all they talk about is the violence that has taken place around you. Matter of fact, there's a lot of places uh, uh, that where I grew up and places that I've been uh, that never knew what it was like to know violence. Now, uh, they are eat up with it. I'm telling you, Chattanooga, Tennessee uh, has turned into a place I never dreamed it would be. We're watching Chattanooga, Tennessee on the news, on the evening news in Stanton, Virginia because of how corrupt and violent it has become in this day and hour. Man's treatment of his fellow man. But can I say this? The further man gets away from God, the worse he is going to treat those that live around him, his fellow man, the one he is supposed to love. Man's attitude toward God has brought on such a need for an ark. Man's treatment toward his fellow man has brought on such a need of an ark. But then we see God's judgment on such conditions. In verse number 7 the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Verse 13, And God said unto Noah, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with 
rent the earth. Verse 17, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, uh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and every living thing uh, that is upon the earth shall die. Look up here for just a second. I want you to understand what your Bible's saying. God didn't say this is an accident. Mother Nature's not taking its course. God said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring judgment upon the earth. And because I'm going to bring judgment, there needs to be something done for a remnant. There needs to be something done to preserve mankind. There needs to be something done. And Noah, you're the man that's going to do it. I want you to build an ark for the saving of thine house. Can I say God's judgment is still a-coming? They didn't believe it in that day, and man don't believe it in this day. That's why they don't turn to Christ. Man thinks he can live like hell and still go to heaven when he dies. Everything's going to be all right in the end. But I want you to understand something just like God sent judgment in our text tonight. Judgment is coming upon this earth once again. This time, though, it's not coming in the form of water. It's coming in the form of fire. And God is going to set this world on fire. And God is going to judge sin. And God is going to judge the sinner. I'm telling you tonight, judgment is coming. You say, preacher, what's the answer? The answer was in an ark that God was going to God was going to have a man build and he was going to set it up and his house was going to enter into it and a, and a household was going to be saved by the grace of God. God's refuge for that man and his family in that time. The ability of the ark. Number one tonight, I want to show you three things about the ability of the ark. I see first of all tonight, the ark and its number. The ark and its number. Look at verse number 14, if you will. God said to Noah, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. I would say to you first of all tonight, there is only one ark. There always has been one ark. There always will be one ark. There's not many ways to heaven. There's not many roads, many avenues, many ways. There may be many ideas. But in the end, honey, there is still only one way to get to God. Jesus said, I am the door. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. They could pass by that ark and say, you're a fool. They could walk by that ark every day and I'm sure they did and say Noah you're a fool you're a religious idiot this is not going to work it's never rained a drop you have no idea what you're doing but in the end honey there was only one way that man was going to escape the judgment of God that was coming and it was found in that ark that God was having a man build and honey there's only one way that man is still going to escape the judgment that's coming upon this earth and that's through the ark of the son of God who gave his life uh, so that you and I could live. Uh, I would say to you, there was one design to the ark. Uh, there was one material that the ark was made out of. Uh, uh, there's only one ark, honey, period. Uh, there was only one boat of sailing uh, when the waters crossed over the mountaintops and the men were drowning in their sea. Uh, there come an ark uh, sailing across the water. I say to you tonight, uh, honey, I'm telling you, uh, uh, he's always been the Savior. He always will be the Savior. Thank Thank God there is one ark. There's only one ark. I would submit to you secondly, there's only one door in the ark. He said, make thee an ark of gopher wood 
And then he said in verse number 16, A window shalt thou make in the ark. And, and uh, he said, A cubit shalt thou finish it above and the door of the ark. Not a door, but the door. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. There's only one door to the ark. And ladies and gentlemen, I've said it, but I want to say it again. There's only one way in. There's only one way in. There's only one way in. I'm going to tell you something tonight. I knew when I walked into the New Life Baptist Church 24 years ago tomorrow. It just hit me. 24 years ago tomorrow, I walked into the New Life Baptist Church on the old Great Road in Dalton, Georgia. I'm telling you, when I walked in, I felt condemned. When I walked in, I felt a weight of sin on me like I never felt it. When I walked in that morning, I felt like every eye was on me. But honey, they wasn't looking at me. There was a God in heaven that already had me pointed out already had me in the crosshairs. I'm telling you, friend, God singled me out that morning. But I want you to know, I'm talking about the door to the ark. There is only one door. And I'm telling you tonight, there is still only one door. It always will be one, just one way to God, just one way to Him. There's just one single door. Not many not a few. When I walked in that morning, I knew I was lost. I knew I was lost. I couldn't. I couldn't give you. I couldn't give you term paper on it and a theological explanation on it. But I knew something was wrong. I knew something was the matter. But I here. Listen to me now. I didn't grow up this way. I didn't grow up in old time religion. I didn't grow up under the power uh, of the gospel and the shadow of the steeple. But I've got three children that all their life, all they've ever known is a preaching daddy and a praying mama and old time religion. Preachers are their heroes. All they know is going to church. They love going to church. But I'm telling you, if they had to come to the reality, Brother Matt, in their own life that there's just one door and being a good church kid ain't the door and living right, living right, living right. It ain't the door. Jesus is still the door. I don't care how messed up your life is or how clean your life is. If you've never been through the door, you are not going to heaven when you die. There's only one door. I would say to you thirdly, the ark and its number. There's only one ark. There's only one door in the ark. And then there's only one window in the ark. The same verse, the Bible said, a window shalt thou make in the ark. A window, one. Now, I don't know if y'all been to Kentucky. There ain't a whole lot there, but the ark's there. Not the, say amen. Uh, they ain't, uh, it's not the original. But I've been in that thing. And you would think that in something that massive, there'd be more than one window in it. I mean, I would want all the windows you could possibly get in it. But God said, I want you to put one. And that window was there for light 
and for comfort. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, you got to understand, people think that Moses, I mean Moses, people think that Noah spent 40 days and 40 nights on that ark. But he didn't spend 40 days and 40 nights. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. He spent just a tad over a year's time on that ark with his wife and his children and his daughter-in-laws and then all those animals. And what an undertaking. But can I say to you that there's no doubt there were days when Noah wondered, is this worth it? All of what we're dealing with, are we ever going to hit dry ground? I mean, all all I hear is water. All I smell is water. I mean, I am so seasick. I can't hardly walk. I can't hardly stand it. We're cramped up inside this boat. I mean, man, I know God. You said you was going to do something. Uh, But, I mean, it's been days. And it's been months. uh, And it's been years. uh, And if he'd have put them windows in the side of the ark, all he could have seen was that water. If he'd have put them there. to put them in the bottom of the ark all he could have seen was the water God said you put one of them in the ark and you put it directly above you so that when you look up all you can see is the light of heaven shining down to let you know as a reminder I've not forgot about you I'm still looking on you I know the boat's still sailing but dry grounds are coming there's a mountaintop experience headed your way hallelujah I'm going to land this thing shortly and when I do you'll come out alive I was in Colorado this year preaching and uh, brother Chris Hanks got some young preachers up and one of them was his son and I told him I was going to steal this illustration and use it so I've already given royalties on it so and uh, so he uh he got up and said this. He said he took his dad. He went to that school there in Kentucky uh, and uh, for college. And, and, when, and his dad came in and visited him on graduation. And so there's some cave there, some, something there that he took his daddy to. So when they got down in there, they walked down off in there. And the guide was telling them all about the cave and what it was and how it was and all the things that went on there. And said so when they got down in there, the, the light, there was a hole in the top of that cave. And when the light come down through that hole in that cave, he said it was like Michelangelo had been in there and carved out the top of that thing. He said it was the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen in your life. And he, they begin to, the guide began to talk about all the beauty of the, of the cave and, and how those things probably came about, which I can tell you how it came about. God did it. That's simple. I couldn't be a good tour guide. I wouldn't drum it up over 600 million years and all that. I said, God did it. $55 at the door. God did it. See, they, they took him through all of that and all the splendor of it. But they said after all that, and he said, what was the key was we got down there. He said it was dark as midnight when you walked in there. But when you got down there where the light was coming through and you looked up to where the light was penetrating through, he said it was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. He said, but when they, they, when they took us out, they took us to the top side of the cave and we walked to the top side. They said, now look down through that same hole. He said, when we got up there and looked down through that hole, he said, you couldn't see a thing in that cave. 
He said, man, it was black and it was dark. He said, you wouldn't have believed that we had just come out of that same place beholding all that beauty and beholding all that splendor. Now we're on the top side of it, looking down through it, and we can't see a thing. It's black as a thousand midnights. You say, preacher, what are you saying? It's all in how you look at it, honey. When you're looking up through the light, it may be dark all around you, but if you can get your eyes on the light, God didn't want Noah looking around him. He didn't want Noah looking beneath him. He wanted Noah looking up to the one that had instructed him to build that ark. I'm telling you, friend, hey, this journey may get bumpy and rough and dark, and you may say, God, I don't know if I can stand the water anymore, but I'm telling you, if you can just keep your eyes on the light, there will be beauty in what God produces. The number of the ark. Number two, not only do I see the number of the ark or the ark and its number, but I see the ark and its Noah. The ark and its Noah. I would tell you tonight that God always has a man to do his will. He always has a man to do his will. When all the earth was filled with violence and it was corrupt, And God, it repented the Lord that he had made man. There was still a man who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And somewhere, even though the days may be dark, as Brother Josh said uh, so well just a few minutes ago, Thank God there's still a remnant here and there. There are still places you can pull up into, honey, and you can feel the presence and the power of God. There's still a remnant. There's still men preaching. There's still people serving. There's still the power of God. Hey, he's God still on the throne. God and his, or the ark and it's Noah. Number one, I would say to you, Noah did what God wanted him to do. Noah did what God wanted him to do. You say, preacher, what was that? He built an ark and he told the truth. The Bible tells you and I that he was a preacher of righteousness. He built an ark and he told the truth. You know what Noah did? He was bivocational. He didn't know what it was like to be a full-time pastor he had no members. Well, he had eight, but I mean, he had, he had eight counting himself. But he had to work a job. You know what his job was? Every day, all day long, Noah went out there and began to build, got his boys up. He said, boys, it's time to go to work. And he went out and built on the ark. In the evening time, you know what he did? What I believe he did? I believe he stood out there as they began to, as they began to put the pieces together, just bring the lumber up, begin to cut it down and bring it up. At the end of the day, I believe he stood out there, raised his hand toward heaven and said, laying here, said, lays the wood in which we'll build an ark to glorify God. Everybody laughing, sniggering, walk on by. A few days later, he'd have some pieces put together. And at the end of the day, he'd say, sitting here, laying here are the pieces that have now been put together together that have formed the ark that God wants to be built to save man from the judgment. And for 120 years, he built an ark and he told the truth. He built an ark and he told the truth. He did what God wanted him to do. Can I say to you that the greatest thing that any person can do for their family, for their country, for their generation and for the world over is to do what God wants you to do. Are you listening to me? You don't have to be a preacher. 
preacher. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. You don't have to have the talent to sing. But everybody in this building tonight can do what God wants you to do. And when you do what God wants you to do, it may just impact the world for the glory of God. He did what God wanted him to do. Second of all, he did what God needed him to do. You know what he did? He built an ark and he told the truth. He built an ark and he told the truth. You see, he built the greatest need of mankind is to know the truth about the ark. I tell you what Noah didn't do. Noah didn't get about a quarter of the way done or halfway done or what I'm seeing in my generation, three quarters of the way done and change his message. Can I just park here for 35 and a half seconds and say this? 24 years later, by the grace of God, I still am what I, what I was when I started out. And by the grace of an almighty God in a day of compromise and contemporary, I'm not planning on changing, dipping my colors. There have been too many men blaze a trail to get me to where I'm at tonight. And I want to leave here if it's tonight by the way of the rapture or by the way of the grave. I want my children to be able to walked by and said my daddy planted his ten stakes in and he never changed and he never compromised and he never backed up and he stood for something. I ain't never seen so much in all my life. I mean men that I started preaching with they, 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 don't, they don't wear a tie anymore. Won't him wear, won't him wear a tie to the pulpit. Won't him wear a suit jacket. Act like it cramps your style. I didn't know we had any style. I thought he was the style. I thought we were to honor him. I thought we were to glorify God. You can tell him I said so. I ain't looking around with that crowd anyway. Rip blue jean. Let me just tell you something, boys. It's still right to look like a preacher when you get in the pulpit. Hey, and it's still okay. How are you listening to me? It's still okay when you go home uh, to get ready for church and do the best you can uh, to, to look decent. And it's still okay to do it even when you're not at church. And never in my life seen a day where we've just backed off so much trying to fit in. What was I talking about? Oh, he built an ark and told the truth. He not only did what God wanted him to do, he did what man needed him to do. I'm going to tell you something. My daddy, this ain't live, is it? My, my daddy is lost. He's lost. You know what he was 24 years ago when I got saved? He was lost. You know what he still is tonight, Matthew Frank? He's lost. But Brother David... You know what I've seen, especially over about the last five years of my daddy's life? I've seen a softening in his heart. I've seen, Brother Chris, I've seen God begin to put his finger in there. My dad seems to, I've seen him shed some tears in the services he's come to. And I've seen God, I believe, begin to work. And how bad would it be? How 
awful would it be if now, if now I dip my colors and for 24 years preach one thing and then get up and not even give a good apology but blame this crowd and then go another way and get bitter. I'm telling you, you hear me? God has been good all the way and he always will be. He built an ark and he told the truth. One of the first ones we saw get saved in our family uh, was my wife's sister. You got to understand something. Miss Georgia, she grew up in a far worse environment than what I did. And I won't get into it all, but they grew up in a bad place. And uh, we got saved just... I didn't know, I was just dumb enough to believe what they were preaching to me. I mean, I, did, I, 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 just, I just knew God had done something in my heart. And as long as the preacher, which a lot of it was him starting out, uh, just get up and preach and it was in the book. I said, let's live it. Let's live it. He, that's what the book said. That's what the preacher said. Let's live it. Let me park here for 32 seconds. Why in the world... Why in the world you got to go see a psychologist and a psychiatrist after a Sunday morning sermon to find out if what your preacher said was true? If you don't have enough of the Holy Ghost living in you to confirm what the man of God's are preaching, you probably need to run to the altar tonight and get born again by the grace of God. There was a witness sprung up in me. He couldn't preach too hard for me. I didn't never get mad at what he said. I wanted more of it, honey. I was begging for the second sermon after the first one was over tell me the truth amen don't sugarcoat it don't 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 dial it down just get in my grill and tell me the truth I tell you what he did he did what God wanted him to do but then he did what man needed him to do he did what man needed him to do as long as he's building an ark and he's telling the truth Get behind him, shout him on, hold his hands up. I'm telling you, make sure he knows that if there is a devil in here, you'll sniff him out before he ever gets to him, amen, and show him the front door, hallelujah. And if he ever does compromise and, and back up on what, don't wait to throw him out, just leave. Amen. You ain't going to have to throw him out. I'm coming looking for him. I got enough confidence in him. He ain't. He did what God wanted him to do. He did what God needed him to do. Who needs you to do something? There was one man... One, you say, preacher, he didn't see anybody get saved. He might not. He saw three of the most important people in his life get saved. You hear me? You can raise your kids for God. You can raise your kids in a bad time when people hate God, hate Christianity. If Noah could do it, uh, you and I can do it. Parents, oh man, I'm preaching four sermons at one time. I can't. One man, one, not many, 
I hear these preachers all the time. And I'm not talking about Brother Josh. I, I mean, you get on the mission field. But these preachers, some of these preachers around here in the Bible, but <laughs> I just ain't got no fellowship. Yeah. These preachers don't like me. Grow up. That's right. You get in this business, it's duck or pucker. One of the That's two, right. friend. It's, this ain't no business for sissies. Yeah, man. I told a man, I told a man about four years ago, I'd heard enough of him. About five years ago now, I'd heard enough. I'd been to, I'd been to Stanton. I'd kept my mouth shut. And finally, I got him on the phone one day and he kept running his mouth. I said, hey, I said, you listen, I didn't come up here to make friends. I come up here to do God's business. I said, you can lock it, lump it, bump it, or jump it. But we're going to do our business on this hill up here. And if you don't like it, y'all go jump in the river. I don't care. You listen to me tonight. Do what God needs you to do. Do what he needs you to do. Well, Noah did what God wanted him to do. Then he did what God needed him to do. But I'll tell you something else Noah did. He did what only he could do. You know what he did? He built an ark and told the truth. He could only build and tell, but he couldn't produce any results. You, got, you and I have to be happy with building and telling. That's our job, Brother Grant. It don't matter how many people you get saved. It ain't about writing to the sword of the Lord and saying, hey, we saw this many baptized or we saw this many uh, join the church or we saw this many or saw that many. Are you listening to me? That ain't what it's about. It's about you and I building and telling, building and telling, building and telling. Who gets on that ark is God's business. That's why the church is full of lost people. Full of lost people. We're, we're so worried about getting them in the ark. We've done everything, everything under the sun to get them in, but build and tell. One obligation Noah had. There's only one thing he could do. Build and tell. Let me say this in closing. I see the ark and its number, the ark and its Noah. But then I see the ark and its never-ending effect. The ark and its never-ending effect. First of all, I see that there is safety in the ark. And I use that word safety as in saved. Let me say it this way. They're saved in the ark. There's safety in the ark. The Bible, when the Lord told Noah to build the ark, here's what he told him. He said, thou shalt pitch it within and without, in verse number 14, thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. This is the first time, the first occurrence of the Hebrew word translated pitch in the scripture. The amazing thing is this though. Everywhere else in your Bible, this same word is translated atonement. And the root idea for both those words is the word covering. And God said, thou shalt pitch it within and thou shalt pitch it without with pitch. There is safety in 
The ark, Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. Hebrews 9, 22, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission. Can I say to you again tonight, there is safety in the ark. I know there's a crowd that hates us. I know there's a crowd that makes fun of us and says, uh, you badness uh, y'all believe in that once saved always saved look up here I know we, we, we I'm going to tell you why it's under the blood it's under the blood that's why I'm telling you friend if the blood could only save me and couldn't keep me safe I wouldn't want that kind of God but he said here's what you do he said you pitch it within and you pitch it without I'm double layered tonight amen brother Grant said it. I couldn't go to hell if I wanted to. I'm safe in the ark. I'm safe in Christ. I am saved. Amen. I'm saved. There's safety in the ark. Number two, there's security in the ark. There's security. Look at verse number 16. The Bible said in the latter part of the verse, well, the Bible said, in the, Thou shalt make, in the, make a, to the ark a, a window, a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door, the ark shalt thou sit in the side thereof. A door. And the Bible goes on to say that the Lord shut him in. What I want you to understand about that is this. Noah didn't shut himself in. God shut him in. God told him when to get in. And when Noah got in, God shut him in until he was safe. Until the judgment was gone. There's not only safety in the ark, there's security in the ark. I've already mentioned it. That one saved, always saved business. Let me see if I can illustrate it with a game we used to play. And I, I don't even know if y'all know this game. In this generation, I'm going to see if I'm going to spring this on you. I know y'all probably have to look it up in a dictionary when you get home. I feel sorry for you. But we used to play a game called hide and go seek. I know. I know. But I'm telling you, if y'all have never played hide and go seek, you're missing out. Now here's the object of hide and go seek. Somebody is it. Somebody has to be it. I hate being it. I always hated being it. I say I, I done my time of being it, but I didn't want to be it. It was the enemy. Everybody that wasn't it went and hid. Now, if y'all ever do decide to play hide and go seek, I'm going to tell you a real educated way to make sure you never get tagged. You say it's got to be a good hiding spot. You are incorrect. You hide close to a fat kid. <laughs> because all you overweight, heavy, okay, I'm sorry, you political correct generation. You hide next to a heavy child. You're going to run out of hiding places eventually. You've got to use your brain. 
So if you do get found, all you have to do at that point is outrun the heavy child. And you'll never be it. Am I okay? Is that right, Brother Grant? Hide and go seek. Now, somebody's it. Everybody else hides. But no matter how good of a hiding spot you have, sometime or another, somebody that's real good at being it, you're going to get found out. It is going to find you. You say, well, man, if I've got a good hiding place, how is it? Because somebody, sometime or another, is either going to get elected to be it or they're going to get tagged to be it who is as good at you as fi- at finding good hiding spots. The devil knows where people hide. The devil even creates hiding spots for people to get in. But here's what I'm saying to you. There's not only safety in the ark, there is security in the ark. See, there's there's a third object in hide and go seek. There is an it, there are those that 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 are hiding, but then there is something that is called base. And if you ever make it to base before it tags you, do you know what you can do? If you get, I'm not trying to disrespect, but if you get to base and you touch base before it tags you, do you know what you can do to it? He can be the biggest kid on the block. He can be the fastest kid on the block. He can be whatever kid he wants to be. But you can do this. I made it to base. There is nothing. Matter of fact, once you touch base, you can dance around base. You can do anything you want to around base. Why? Because you've already touched base. I'm saying to you, if you ever get in the ark, you are safe forevermore because not only have you touched base, but base has touched you. There's safety. There's security. I'll say one more thing to you and be done. Uh, there's not only safety and security in the ark, but there's so much more in the ark. I know it ain't the real thing, but when I walked into that ark in Kentucky, I thought, man, this is going to be dumb. I'm just, I guess I'm a negative person. And when you pull up in the parking lot and you don't even see the ark, you really think it's going to be dumb. And when you don't see the ark and you pay the money to get in that they want you to pay to see the ark and you can't even see it from the parking lot, you really think it's going to be dumb. When I walked into that thing, I thought, oh my goodness, there's no way. When we just pulled up in front of it, it it was just, it's, it's amazing. And I just, when I got inside though and I got to thinking about I don't know if all those things are right. But they did live on that thing over a year. Something had to be close to being right. But you know what I thought Noah probably maybe got to thinking one day. Looking around, maybe in the evening. He sit down, maybe close to the window. and The sun wasn't out, but the stars were. He leaned back and got to thinking. Lost all my friends. Everybody made fun of us. We've been on this ark now. I can't even keep up with the days. And Lord, I, there's been days that I've thought about just jumping out of the ark because I didn't know if I could take it. 
But the more I look around, Lord, I just want to thank you that there's more here than what I've ever could have imagined. We, uh, the Lord's blessed us with a, an unusual prison ministry in our church. And uh, we're in several diversion centers. We work with those guys right before they get out. And we teach uh, re-entry. Brother Tarvin's helped us with that. And uh, we teach those guys life principles, addiction, anger management. But we teach it from the Bible. What we've been able to do is have a few revivals. And in one of those revivals, a young man by the name of Matt got saved. And he come to those classes, sat in all the classes. We gave him a Bible. Man, he was so excited. He went home. We calls, he calls Brother Hale. Brother Hale's over this thing. And uh, he calls Brother Hale one day. Brother Hale comes running in my office. He said, you ain't going to believe you called me. He said, he said, Matt called me. I said, well, what do you want? He said, he wants me to come down and, and, and talk. And said, him and his wife's having trouble. I thought, oh, man. You know what you think. He probably didn't get it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, that jailhouse religion. I've seen a lot of people get church house religion. Jailhouse, I mean, I thought he probably didn't get it. He probably went home, punched her in the face. He's back on dope. He's, you know, he said, can you please come and, and counsel with me and my wife? He said, we're, we're just having trouble since I've been home. He didn't give no detail. Brother Hale said, yeah. So he come to me and said, can you go in? I said, there's no way I can go. I, there, I, there's no way. So he took a guy in my church with him. They go down there. And when they get there, Brother Gravely, they said that he's sitting on the porch, kids are in the swimming pool and his wife's sitting right here beside of him. And the baby, there's a baby sitting in her lap. And they get up there and, they, and he's just a smiling. He's like, I thought he said they was having trouble, you know. what? So they sit down there and he, they, he wasn't saying nothing. Brother Hill was like, what to do? And so he said, well, he said, we're here. He said, what's going on? And Matt just looked over at his wife and said, you tell him. He's just smiling, never said anything. She said, well, preacher. She said, look, now I'm not complaining. That's her first. She said, I'm not complaining. She said, but you see this baby sitting in my lap? He said, yeah. He said, well, she said, well, when Matt went into prison, she wasn't even born yet. And, and beside that, you see them kids in that swimming pool? He said, yeah. She, he said, them kids didn't even hardly know their dad. She said, as a matter of fact, when, when he, before he went to jail, she said, he wouldn't work a lick. She said, I had to make an income. I had to clean the house. I had to cook the meal. I was basically a single parent before he ever went to jail. Then when he goes to jail, I've been a single parent for sure for the last two years of our life. Brother Hill was like, okay. She said, and also, she said, now I'm not complaining. Brother Hill was like, sounds like you are to me. I don't know what. She said, before he went, all he did was beat on me and cuss me and drink and dope and come in at all hours of the night. She said, she said but I'm not complaining. He said, well, what's the point? He, she said, she, he said, I thought y'all was having trouble. She said, preacher, I don't know this man. She said, what have y'all done to him? She said, no, I'm not complaining. He said, what do you mean? 
She said since he's been home, he's not took a drink of liquor. He's not opened a beer. He's not said a cuss word. He's not put his hands on me inappropriately. These kids follow him around like he's the best thing since last bread and peanut butter. She said this baby loves him. She said I don't even know how to talk to him. There's so much more in the ark. There's so much more in the ark. I look around here tonight and without the ark there's just a bunch of dopers and a bunch of alcoholics and a bunch of whoremongers and liars and thieves and nobodies. But there was a day when the ark pulled up down where you and I were at and we got on board and here we are. So much more in the ark. (laughs) Now, now. I'm closing, preacher. I'm closing. Don't look at it. Just stay with me. Everybody see me? I don't think you can. I know this is a platform, but for sake of the illustration, for sake of the illustration, the steps, the whole platform is going to be the choir. Everybody understand? When it comes to the ark, You're either in or you're out. When it comes to the ark, you're either wet or you're dry. When it comes to the ark, you're either suffering judgment or you're safe. I got a question now. This is deep for all you school kids. We're going to see how Miss Gravely's doing. I mean, Miss Gravely, sorry, Miss Williams. Brother Williams, sorry, Brian, don't be mad at me. Let me ask you something. Am I in the choir or am I out of the choir? Say it again. Am I in the choir or am I out of the choir? Hey, y'all are doing awesome. I mean awesome. Give them a raise. Yeah, do something. Send them on a vacation. Give them a raise. They're doing awesome. Y'all are great. Whoa. Look, come here. Look at me. Am I in the choir or am I out of the choir? You're exactly right. Part of the way in means you're all the way out. Here's what I know about water. (laughs) Here's what everybody knows about water after this fall, summer season. Right, Brother Barnes? Never seen so much water in my life. Here's what I know about water. It seeps. It runs. There's a lot of people sitting in church like this right here. And they think they're safe. Here's what I know. Had Noah just been this far in the ark, he'd have still got wet. You say, yeah, but he's only partially going to get wet. No, no, no. Here's what I know about water. He'd have got wet here first, but it wouldn't have took long and that water would have run all over him. Be sure your sin will find you out. Part of the way in 
means you're all the way out. I have seen it over and over and over again. You say, preacher, why do when kids turn 18, do they leave and rebel? There may be many reasons, but there's one for sure. Because all that time they sat on a pew, heard good preaching, been in the presence and the power of God. They got here, but they never got here. There's, you can tell the difference in people when they're here and when they're here. In almost 20 years of pastoring, I figured it out, I think. I mean, this one thing, not everything. I, I scratch my head at times, preacher, and go, man, what's wrong with them? What, what happened? Oh, when I came to Stanton 10 years ago, Oh, I had people, man. Oh, preacher, please come. Please come. Be our pastor. Please come. Please come. Please come. Yeah. I didn't know with the other hand that it wouldn't be long. <laughs> Can y'all see me? Can y'all see me? Preacher, please come. Not everybody. You know what I found out about some of that crowd, though? They had a problem, and it was this. They seemed this way, but their lifestyle said they were this way. You're either in or out. You're either wet or dry. The judgment of God is either on you, you're suffering judgment, or you're safe. There's no middle ground in this thing. There's no gray area. Question is tonight, is if, have you ever let the ark have an effect on you? I'm talking about the everlasting effect. Do you know tonight that you and I are beneficiaries of that ark? Because had one man not been willing to get on the ark and stay on it, we'd all be in trouble. You say, preacher, my life don't mean anything. Noah probably thought that too. But I tell you what he decided one day. He decided that this right here wasn't going to get it. He decided that without even having ever seen a raindrop, it was going to rain. So when God said, come on in, and he shut the door question is tonight are you in the ark are you all the way in we're standing all over the building preachers coming I trust you'll mind God tonight in this invitation you're either in or out you're wet or dry or you're safe or suffering judgment there's no middle ground And you know, oh, you know. I'm thoroughly convinced you know. Thoroughly convinced. The ability of the ark. There's nothing wrong with the ark. 
question is tonight is are you in? Are you in?